Well, good morning. Certainly a pleasure to be here once again with everyone. It's game day. I don't know about you, but I've got my game face on and I'm ready to get after it. Our message today will be coming from Mark, the sixth chapter. Mark, the sixth chapter. And as we continue our study of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the ministry of Jesus, the King of kings and, and Lord of lords. And before we start our message, let us bow our heads. <clears throat> Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for your loving kindness, for your grace, and for your mercy. Now, Lord, as we continue to search your word for knowledge and godly wisdom, Lord, just continue to reveal your truth unto us. Lord, we just give you thanks on this day. Holy Spirit, now I ask that you be with me in this message. Cause me not to speak from my flesh, but by your prompting and your guidance through this word for the people of God. So, Lord, we just lift you up in praise and adoration on this day, giving thanks to you, God the Father, through the Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So we look at our message here coming from Mark, the sixth chapter, verses 45 through 52. And we'll just read through those. And we're picking up from, from last week. And I'm going to throw in that verse 44 just as a little reminder. Now, those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. And immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hard. And as we look at our message today, we just want to keep the thought that Jesus 
is coming. Jesus is coming. And I'm just not talking about the end times. I'm talking about right now. In your lives today. In the future. Just as he came to the disciples. Jesus is coming in the midst of your trials and tribulations. Now immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And he went away to pray, giving us that example of once again, sometimes we all just need to be alone and pray. But he sent them to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And this is written and it's known in history as the sea, but in reality, it was a lake. It was about 13 miles in length and about eight miles in width. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. We all got to know that we got to keep rowing. <laughs> and we'll see in the midst of this that the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. But then he saw them straining at rowing. Remember, you got to keep rowing. Jesus saw their straining. And I like to always apply what was happening 2,000 years ago. How can we apply it to our lives in today's time? The Lord sees your straining as well. Somebody here today, you feel like you're rowing against the wind. And you're straining. And he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Now let's back up. They left during the first watch, which was between 6 to 9 p.m. Then the second watch is 9 to midnight. The third is midnight to 3 a.m. The fourth watch is 3 a.m., to 6 a.m. So he didn't come until the fourth watch. Man, they were rowing for hours. In John, the sixth chapter, it says that they had traveled about three to four miles, John 6 and 19. They were only halfway across. And they had been rowing all night, struggling and straining. Do you ever feel like you're rowing in life and going against the wind and you're not making any progress? You got to know that Jesus is coming because God is not a man that he should lie. He is true to his word. Jesus is coming. And now about the fourth watch of the night, 
came to them. He said he was coming. He came to them. Jesus said he'll never forsake you or leave you. You got to understand today, if you're going through a major trial in life, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It may seem like you're in that fourth watch, but just hold on. Maybe you're in the second watch or the third watch, but just hold on because Jesus is coming. And he came to them walking on the sea. And would have passed them by, it says. And what is this about? He came walking on the sea as if he was going to walk right by him. He came in authority. He came in confidence. He came discreetly. He didn't come walking on the water saying, here I come, I told you I was coming. He just came walking as if he was going to walk on by. And you know, if you'll remember back there in Mark, the the fourth chapter, that the, the winds, the storm had arose, and he was asleep in the boat. And they said, what are you, you're going to let us perish. Jesus got up and said, peace be still and calm the sea. You see, he was the epitome of being calm. He was the epitome of self-control. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was up to. If you look at St. John, the 14th chapter, Jesus wants us to know. He wants us to have peace. In everything that is going on in our lives, what you encounter, he wants us to know that we have peace. John 14 and 21, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Jesus gives us a peace that passes all the understanding of man. So understand, if you're rowing against the wind today, it's all right. Jesus is coming. They supposed it was a ghost when they saw him walking on the sea and cried out, For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Be of good cheer. As you're rowing against the strong winds in life, these contrary winds of circumstance sometimes, even when you're rowing against contrary people in your lives, be of good cheer. Don't worry. Be happy. 
I've heard that somewhere in a little song. <laughs> Don't worry so much. Be happy. Jesus said there in John, the 16th chapter, in the 33rd verse, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You can count it. You're going to have some tribulation in life. I'm going to have tribulation in life. But know that Jesus is coming. Whatever that circumstance today is, whatever that situation, whatever that sickness, that illness, that relationship problem maybe in your marriage or with your children or with your siblings, whatever it is, if you'll just have faith, Jesus is coming. He said, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now, in the account in Matthew, in the 14th chapter of Matthew, and let's just go there for a brief moment. Matthew, the 14th chapter. And we find this account in Matthew, Mark, and John. We don't see it in the book of Luke. But in Matthew the 14th chapter, 27th verse. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. You know, sometimes we just got to get out of the boat. Pray for big things. Do big things in the Lord. Seek to do big things to give him glory and honor. Sometimes we need to step out of the boat and ask the Lord to help us to do big things. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter was walking on the water, y'all. Not only did Jesus walk on the water, Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. I want everybody here today to know that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. There's somebody here today, you may feel like you're sinking, that you're going under in the waters of life. Jesus saves. Peter was walking on the water but it began to look at the problem more than the problem solver. And that's what happens to us a lot of times. We lose our focus. We're walking on the waters of life, doing the unthinkable maybe in our minds. 
And then we begin to look at the boisterous winds around us. And we take our focus off of the Lord Jesus. But just know this, just as Peter lost his focus, his faith dwindled in the moment, didn't lose his faith in Jesus, but he lost his faith in the moment. All we got to do is cry out to the Lord Jesus, save me. And it says that immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. And I'm here to tell you that once the Lord gets a hold of you, once he grabs your hand with his unchanging hand, he'll never let go. See, the problem is sometimes we loosen our grip. It's not Jesus. We loosen our grip. But he'll always keep reaching if we'll just call on him. Somebody here today, you may need to just say, Lord, save me. You don't feel like there's no way out of your situation. Just say, Lord, save me. And I'm telling you, I only preach what I know. He'll reach out and grab your hand. As we go back to Mark, the sixth chapter. And then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. It says also there in the account in John in the sixth chapter that when Jesus came into the boat that immediately they were at shore. Go from halfway being there to all of a sudden, hey, we're stepping on dry land. The mighty acts of God, he just kept showing them. Mighty acts. He had just done the 5,000 loaves, five, five bread, five loaves of bread two fish, and fed the 5,000. He had healed the woman with the issue of blood who had had that issue for 12 long years. But she heard that Jesus was coming and she pressed her way through just so that he, she could touch the hem of his garment. And immediately, she was healed. Know that Jesus is coming. But then he went up into the boat. Verse 51. And the wind ceased. When Jesus gets in your boat. Because it also says in the other account in John that they received him. When you receive him into your boat, into your life situation, into your home, into your heart, soul, and mind, the winds will cease. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, 
because their heart was hardened. And keep in mind that before they had struck out to go across the Sea of Galilee, that the Lord had done this great miracle and all the miracles before. But he had taken those five loaves of bread and two fish. And he had blessed them, gave thanks to the Lord, and it was multiplied. A great miracle. But their mind did not perceive it. Their mind was dull. It says that their heart was hardened. That means that your mind becomes dull to perceiving this great work of God. But in order to know the Lord, we have to continually experience him. And the more that they experienced him, the more that they knew him, the disciples. When the Lord keeps doing the mighty miracles in our lives and mighty acts, we could take a microphone and go around to each person and you could talk about the mighty acts that the Lord has done in your life. Miracles he's done. But you can also profess that there was a time that your heart was hardened. And you really didn't perceive him as king of kings. See, when they first started out, before they crossed the Sea of Galilee, the people wanted to make him a king. But it wasn't the right type of king. And it shows up in here because their heart was hard. See, the Lord wants us to understand about that bread, that he is the bread of life as we quickly go to John, the sixth chapter. To understand that he is the bread of life. As we look there in the sixth chapter, Verse 32, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. As we prepare today to take part of the sacrament in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we remember that the bread is his body that was broken for us and that the drink is his blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. That's what he was passing on to the people here. And the more that he talked about his flesh, if you see there in verse 53, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Now, if you looking at that and if you haven't been born again, you see cannibalism. But when you have been born again, you see life through God's word, through God's spirit. You see and you sense eternal life. It was just a few weeks ago here that Brother Scott was teaching and he was teaching from Mark the fourth chapter. And he said, wherever you go, take Jesus with you. Whether it's in the boat, it's in your car, on your job, take Jesus with you. The bread of life. And lastly, I'll close with as I was sitting there listening to Brother Scott. And for some reason, the Lord just brought into my mind my mom and her homemade rose. Sister Johnny Mae Bryant, God rest her soul. She made the best homemade rose. You would not only smack your neighbor, you would smack yourself. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But as I sit there thinking about that and thinking about the bread of life, even though her rose were great, blessed is they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's what Jesus was trying to get across to him. It's not about the physical. I love my mother's rose, but there's something more important than the physical taste of food. And I say that respectively in the memory of my mom, but it goes past her. Jesus showed me about this hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You shall be filled and you are blessed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. It's all about your faith. It's all about your belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. That God walked the earth as a man, God incarnate. And that Jesus hung upon the cross. He gave his body and his blood for you and for me. And all he wants us to do is believe. There in John, the sixth chapter, 28th verse. Then they said to him, in conclusion, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? A lot of times we try to figure out what kind of work we need to be doing. This is the first work. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. We give glory, honor, and dominion to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time now, we'll prepare as our praise team comes back. And at this time, as the custom is here, that this is a time for prayer. If you're in need of or desirous of prayer, there are individuals who will pray with you. You will, can make your prayer requests known. Place them upon the cross. 
Let us pray. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, just thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice upon the cross. When you just hung there, you could have called on the legions of angels, but you just hung right there. Calls us to see it as a, that you made the sacrifice for us as individuals and collectively. Lord, you died for me. Cause your people to say in their minds and in their spirit, Lord, you died for me. For the forgiveness of my sins, you shed your blood. So, Lord, now we just give you honor, praise, and glory. Lord, I pray that your word that has gone forth is, has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.